Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. Unfortunately, you are just stuck with me tonight because Marshall is a good student and he has a paper to write. But I got a lot to talk about, per usual. So stick around. It should be a decent episode. We should have another one later this week with Marshall for all you Macaluso fans out there. Uh, let's start. We haven't done a whole lot of NBA talk uh, this year um, at all. So I mean, let's get jump in right to that. Uh, the talk this week, uh, every sports talk show you turn on, has been about uh, the MVP race uh, between LeBron and Giannis. And LeBron James has just won two uh, Player of the Month, so everyone's saying he's creeping up on them. Um, so here, here's my two cents on the whole thing. Um, I think, personally, the NBA is a joke. It's consistently uh, sports writers annually embarrassing themselves. Uh, for example, in 1997, Carl Malone beat out Michael Jordan for MVP. When the two met in the finals that year, Jordan showed everyone who was better. Uh, in 2010, when Derrick Rose beat out LeBron... Uh, despite the fact LeBron had higher average in points, field goal percentage, rebounds, and steals, uh, he, he still lost to Derrick Rose. I mean, they, they like storylines. Like, let's put it that way. Like Derrick Rose, uh, youngest MVP ever to win. Russell Westbrook with his triple doubles. I mean, if the MVP was about actually who's the best player in the league or who's the most valuable, as it says in the award, most valuable player. But LeBron James uh, would have won it every year he carried the hapless Cavaliers to the finals. But instead, the MVP is about falling in love with meaningless stats, like a triple-double or different storylines. You know, so so be it. Um, now, I will say this. Last year, I do think they got it right. And this year, number one in the voting is Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I think um, that would be the correct choice once again this year. Um, I mean, you look at, the, he's he's leading a team that's probably going to win 70 games. Uh, he's averaging more points, and he plays legit defense. Like, he's a defensive stopper. He tries on the defensive end. LeBron uh, picks his spots uh, when he's going to try. So uh, I think the sports writers are actually they're probably going to get it right this year. Now, that being said, for the sake of consistency, I, I, I'm fine with that. For the first time this year, I would not be opposed to the storyline with it which would be LeBron James. And I'll let me explain why. Now, I, I'm not saying... I'm, I'm saying right now Giannis, so this argument doesn't get confused. Giannis Antetokounmpo deserves to win. He, he's been the better player this year. He's carrying a worse roster. I mean, when your second-best player is Chris Middleton, you're about to win 70 games. Like, you, you're, you're pretty good. But if LeBron happens to pull it off, and the sports writers do what they consistently do, is pick a storyline, for the first time, I would be fine with that. Um, no problem whatsoever. And he, here's why. Um, I think... You look at LeBron James, he's in his 17th season. No other player has played at this high of a level in their 17th season in NBA history. Uh, it's almost like peak LeBron right now. Uh, if you look at his stats, so he's, he's averaging a little less in points. He's averaging 25 a game, still solid. But he's about to lead the league in assists. Uh, he has a better three-point percentage than Giannis. And he has more steals per game, so if you're going to factor in defense, which I don't think, listen, Russell Westbrook winning the uh, MVP, and I've seen Stools play better defense, or not Russell Westbrook, I beg your pardon, um, James Harden has won an MVP, and I've seen Stools play better defense than him. So, I mean, you can't really, clearly they don't factor defense in, so, um, but LeBron's at the steal. So he's got, he's got numbers to back it up. He's playing in a tougher conference, might need a little bit better roster, but he's still playing in a tougher conference nonetheless. Uh, they're one seed right now. And he has to deal with the Kobe tragedy this year. 
and everyone's saying, oh, the Lakers, they got to win it for Kobe. Like, that's, that's an unfair amount of pressure to put on someone. Like, you know, everyone's had to deal with this, but, like, to say win it, win it for Kobe, like, that's, that's a lot of pressure being put on by a city for him. It's not, I don't think it's entirely fair to put that all on the Lakers and LeBron. Um, so, I think there's a lot of compelling cases for LeBron James this year, and I think when it gets down to it, Who's going to excel more in the playoffs? I, I want LeBron James on my team in the playoffs more than Giannis. Giannis consistently. Those teams, I mean, he's had trouble getting past the second round in his career. Right, so, I mean, yeah, last year was his first breakthrough. I mean, uh, you know, actually, no, it really wasn't. I mean, they, yeah, like I said, they just struggled to get past uh, the second round. So, I mean, LeBron James, I think, better overall player. Uh, and I think he's got the story, the storylines there, which the voters love, but surprisingly they're not doing what they usually do. But, you know, if LeBron James happens to win, this will be the first time I, I have no problem with it because, you know, I think he is very deserving. Uh, that being said, Giannis, Giannis should win. He's, he's been the better player this year, um, numbers-wise, and, like, passing the eye test is, I think, LeBron in crunch time, that that's the guy you want on your team. Plus, they, they call him Wash King heading into this year, and he's still, he's still uh, you know, thriving. And you look at the Lakers when he leaves the court. I mean, they haven't been they haven't been too good. I mean, people praising Alex Caruso, a balding white guy. So that just shows the state of the Lakers right now. Uh, so that I mean, that, that's my that's my two cents. Uh, like like I said, just to read it one more time. He, the sports writers have it right right now. Giannis deserves to win. But if the storyline prevails and the sports writers are going to be consistent with what they've done in the past, and LeBron wins, this will be the first time I have no problem with it. Um, they're not empty numbers. I mean, you, you look at you had a bomb last night from three from like half court against the Sixers. So uh, there you go. Uh, a little more NBA stuff, and I won't spend much time on this. We talked about the Bulls enough in the last podcast, but congratulations, uh, Kobe White, uh, Rookie of the Month uh, in the Eastern Conference. So I'd like to say we saw me and Marshall saw the uh, spark that kind of set that off because he had a stretch of three 33-plus uh, point games, and we saw the first one of those on February 22nd against the Suns where he absolutely took over. And I think, you know, the rookie wall in the NBA is, is a real thing, and I think it's on full display with Kobe White, but he's really showed this month why the Bulls drafted him. He's a really good scorer. Uh, I mean, he's expanding his game. He's trying to get to the basket and be more than just a three-point shooter, which I think he's done a good job of. He's getting to the three-point line, and his defense has consistently improved. I mean, he's no defensive stopper by any means, but uh, it's slowly it's slowly improving, which I like to see. Now, that being said, uh, Jim Boylan, the Bulls just lost tonight to the uh, uh, Timberwolves, Minnesota Timberwolves, and Jim Boylan was very frustrated in the press conference. He's usually a positive guy. You know, they play all the hits. He calls his late game timeouts for development, and he's praising everyone. Uh, he was none too pleased. There was a question about Laurie Markkinen and his game back, and his answer was, well, he tried. And then he realized what he said, so then he embellished a little more. But, you know, that, that says it all right there. And he was very frustrated with the fact that his team couldn't get any rebounds. And this team's a joke. And we said it last week, but if you want to make serious changes, it's got to start with the head coach because this thing's not working. And you saw the Cavaliers, they fired Jim uh, D-line, uh, earlier because he lost the locker room and I think I think Jim Boylan has lost the locker room the timeouts and stuff is taking their toll you can see frustration on Zach Levine's face who's your best player you're trying to build around I think it's worn off his axe worn thin in the locker room I think it's time to go because once you lose a locker room in the NBA that's it and that happened in Cleveland guys started going uh to the assistant coaches for advice they're playing after the whole thug uh, fiasco they started playing music with thug in it um so that that was 
That was ridiculous. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little football. Uh, and this time we're not going to be talking XFL. Uh, there's reports coming out. The Bears are looking to draft another quarter, or not draft, excuse me. They're looking to pick up a veteran quarterback in free agency to challenge Mitchell Trubisky for the job. And I think this is a very stupid idea. The latest one that's floating around is Andy Dalton, because obviously the new offensive coordinator the Bears hired uh, was just coaching with the Bengals, and he, Andy Dalton put up his best year numbers uh, with him at the helm. But this is a dumb decision, and he, here's why. All right, I'm not the biggest Mitch fan in the world, but you're clearly putting all your chips in on Trubisky. You drafted him high. You give him a chance to develop. And now you're kind of going in like a half-and-half half wishy-washy thing. Oh, we're going to bring in a guy to challenge him. That's horrible. If you have two quarterbacks in the NFL, you have no quarterback. Ask, ask the Cleveland Browns how that worked out when they drafted Baker Mayfield and had Tyrod Taylor. You know, but Tyrod, it's hard for him to do his job when you got a quarterback breathing down your neck and all the fans after one, one or two bad starts are going to be calling calling for the backup, which is going to happen to Trubisky, inevitably, because he'll probably win the job, and then everyone's going to be wanting uh, Dalton or whoever the veteran is to come in. And that's not good for his development. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, you want a solid backup in the NFL? Like Teddy Bridgewater, perfect example. Solid backup, but he's not challenging Drew Brees' job. That, that's what you want uh, in your quarterback situation. So I think if you're going to do this wishy-washy thing with bringing a veteran to challenge him, you either go all in and get a guy like Tom Brady or someone who's like undisputedly the starter heading into camp, a solid backup, or you just ride with Trubisky and then find someone uh, like a Chase Daniels to be the backup. Because Chase Daniels was really the perfect backup for him. He's a veteran, he knows what he's doing, but he's not better than Trubisky by any stretch. And for all of you that are still calling for Andy Dalton or want a veteran in there, because he's been the name that's been floating around the most, uh, let's take a look at their numbers. Since 2017, when Trubisky uh, came into the league, it, th- these are the numbers. And everyone says Trubisky stinks, but games played about the same 40 41. Uh, Trubisky's got one more start. Attempts, uh, Dalton's got a couple more. Uh, they're about the same, though. Completions, uh, Dalton has 837, Trubisky 811. Pretty close. Completion percentage, Dalton 60.3, uh, Trubisky 63.4. Pretty close. Uh, Dalton edges him in yards by a bit, but yards per attempt, 6.8 for Dalton, 6.7 for Trubisky. So pretty dang close. Touchdown passes, Dalton's got him beat, 62.48. Interceptions, though, Dalton's thrown more, 37 to 29. Uh, each Trubisky's been sacked less than Dalton, uh, 97 to 93. Uh, the record is starters. Trubisky's been 23 and 18. Dalton's been 14 and 26. Rushing attempts, Trubisky has more. Trubisky has more rushing yards, and he's got more rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, you look at the numbers, they're pretty close, and you could almost make an argument Trubisky edges them out in a couple categories there. So there's not really that much of an upgrade, and I don't think that's going to be great for his development. I mean, they're clearly not ready to move off of him because that would be admitting a mistake. If I was the Bears, I would admit my mistake while I still have this defense and go out and try and get a Tom Brady or uh, someone like that. It doesn't have to be Tom. Or even a Phillip Rivers. I think a Phillip Rivers, a veteran quarterback, could push that team over the top. You need someone that knows what they're doing. Bring him in for a couple years. Your window's not that big, and especially with this defense. you got a Super Bowl-caliber defense, and they, they're just letting it waste away. And now it's time to start paying people. They're going to decide where they're going to pay Nick Kukowski, so they're going to lose all their depth if they don't get him. They're losing either him or Trevathan. They already had to get rid of Prince of Mukamara, who's one of your best cover corners. Uh, you got rid of Taylor Gates. So, I mean, your window is closing quick. You're going to have to make a decision on Trubisky. I would, I would I either get a, go all in, get a veteran to replace him while you still have this team, 
or just find a solid backup and make Trubisky your guy. You have to because you have two quarterbacks. Like I said, you have no quarterback in the NFL. That's all I got for you guys. Short little podcast for this week. Like I said, hopefully we'll have another one up with uh, Marshall Macaluso, but he is being very studious working on a paper. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you hopefully later this week.